Well, let's welcome back Coach Taylor. Coach, do you have team updates for us? Um, no, 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 no team update. Well, no, I should, let me take that back. You know, just coming off of, just coming off of Martin Luther King. Um, so Martin Luther King Day, uh, obviously the observed the day yesterday. Our team did um, some community service over the weekend, um, helping out underpri- underprivileged families in St. Paul. So um, that's, it was pretty good to see our guys get out and, and spend a Friday night, right? These young guys from 18 to 21 years old are going to spend time doing something that's giving us, um, you know, their time of service, being selfless. Obviously, I, I think we all feel that way about Martin Luther King, man. You know, he was a very selfless, <clears throat> selfless individual. So, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's a good team update for you. Excellent. Well, let's jump into fan questions, and we'll start with Ernie. He would like to know, are you finding you are filling some of those needs that you have for the team for next season and beyond with freshmen who are committed to playing at Hamlin next year? Yeah, um, well, we're right at about 15 guys right now, and um, it, the, the class is filling out well. Um, I don't have the numbers directly in front of me as far as, you know, four O-linemen, five D-linemen, but, again, it's coming, to get, it's coming together good. So I feel good about where we're at. You know, and the biggest thing, you know, we've been doing a show for seven years. Gosh, I can't believe it's seven years, but holding on to these guys, man. You've got to be able to have an environment where guys, one, one want to come, and then, two, you've got to be able to, to, to retain them. You know, so that's the tricky part is, you know, keeping everybody engaged and retaining them. So, um, yeah, I, I love the way our 2023 class is shaping up, and um, we just got to continue to keep chipping away at it. Greg has a bit of a lengthy question for you here. So he'd like to know, when you evaluate coaches' performance from the previous season, what are you looking for, and is there a standard that you have that you would say a coach did not meet your expectations and you would either let them go or you decide to work with them to try to make them better for the next year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm always looking at how, you know, obviously it's the performance on the field. You know, how did, how did your position group respond? Um, you know, how many mental errors did they have? The, the mental errors, and that's something we've got to be able to, we gotta be able to get in front of as coaches and, um, and obviously, you know, fix, you know. Um, now, there's some things that a coach can't necessarily always, uh, you know, um, protect his players from. You know, sometimes you've got to play through some things out on the field where a player, a coach can only coach and a player can play. So you always just kind of evaluate, you know, how did their group respond? You know, how did their group respond to adversity? Um, how did their group do off the field? Any off the field issues in your group? Um, how did they do in the classroom? So everything gets evaluated. And with where our staff is, we have a pretty, and again, I'm not an old guy, but I'm actually probably one of the, I'm, I'm the oldest guy on our staff. So I have some young coaches. So take some time to, take some time to go through with those guys and make sure that they, you know, can understand, the, the, you know, we've got to teach them the business. You know, you've got to teach them the business on, you know, how to hold your guys accountable, how to hold your players accountable. And they need to know everything that their player does off the field, on the field, in the dorms, the cafeterias, a direct reflection of them. So I try to, I, I tell each coach, you know, you need to, you need to run your you need to run your room like as if you're the head coach of that room, you know. So the more stuff they can keep off of my desk, the, the better off it is. So not to say I've ever had to let anybody go um, based off of performance on the field, um, because again, everybody's they're working and pulling in one direction. So, Abe would like to know what was the team GPA for the semester? Yes, it was uh, it was three point oh six. Um, so we we made it uh, again thirteen. 13 out of 14 semesters that we've been here, we've been over 3-0. So very proud of the guys for, you know, um, getting it done. So we were 3.06, and um, we're off to a – well, hopefully we'll get off to a fast start next week because our semester will start next week. So. Well, let's jump into some NFL. 
Uh, Chandler begins with, I cannot believe the Vikings, Coach. This team seems to find ways to lose, don't you think? Wow. Well, I've been saying, I feel like I say it every time we start talking about the NFL. Um, everybody's good. <laughs> everybody's good. Um, the Vikings had a good year. But when you get into the playoffs, man, things happen a little bit faster. Um, the windows are tighter. Um, the emotions are higher for whatever reason. It's, it's, win, it's win or go home. You know, there's more money on the table, I believe. I'm not even sure what the, the number is, but you win a playoff game and there's money for coaches. And not that these guys need more money, but there's extra money for coaches, um, players. I mean, everything just changes in the playoffs. So I think, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody. I, I, don't, I do not represent anybody from the Vikings uh, organization, but I, would, I bet you that they would say that the Giants were ready to go and prepared well and they were a good football team. And, you know, just left a couple of plays out there the Vikes did. So it sucks to see it end, but such is life. <clears throat> Brad would like to know what you thought was the biggest surprise from this past weekend's games. I mean, I can't believe, honestly, I cannot believe the Dallas Cowboys kicker mixing, missing four extra points, man, like that. I know they won the, I know they won the game, but I just couldn't believe that. Man. You just don't see that, man. So that was a surprise. Um, the, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati game with the Ravens, you know, there's a couple situations where you extend the football, and that wasn't one of them. You know, you, he extended that football, and that thing went for 98 yards. That was a good reminder, you know, something I could show the team. Like, you, there's only a certain couple of situations you extend the ball, man. Forcing game and, and really forcing game. When it's forcing, the game's about to be over, you can extend it, or forcing goal. Like, those are the only two situations you'd ever extend the football, and that came, to, that came true in that game, and that defensive lineman ran that thing back. And I believe it was a one-point game. So, I mean, think how big of that, those six points were, man. So, so, yeah, those two really were the ones that stood out. Wilburn would like to know, do you think that this is now the end for Tom Brady? Oh, boy. Uh, maybe in Tampa Bay. I think Tom – I think – I'm going to call him Coach Brady. I think Tom is going to – I think he's going to continue to keep playing. Um, I don't know where, but I think he's going to continue to keep playing. Um, I think I, just, I saw that the offensive coordinator for the Bucks. they just let him – well, they just let they, – they parted ways. I don't want to say he got fired, but they parted ways and – so who knows if they bring a new coordinator in there? Maybe Brady might want to stay, depending on his relationship with some other coordinators or head coaches. He might want to go somewhere else. Who knows? Next up, we have Ian, who says, "What a comeback by Jacksonville!" I know you're a big Doug Peterson fan, so you had to be pretty excited for him. Dougie P, I was so fired up. That was oh, that was another game that was very um, interesting. Yeah, somebody asked what was some uh, interest. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was a. How about that comeback? Third. Third biggest comeback in NFL history. How about that? I tell you what, man. Dougie P can flat out coach. He can flat out coach him up, and I'm super super excited for him. Um, and they got a quarterback, and um, it's amazing how <clears throat> it's amazing how the culture, how a coach can just change a culture. You think about where that where that that um, organization was a year ago with the coach that they had in there before. You know, the college guy came in, and you know, just it wasn't the right. And that's so big. How how important is the fit? Just wasn't the right fit. And, and Urban Meyer is a good football coach, great college football, probably one of the, maybe you could argue, top five college football coaches in all time. But he went to the NFL, and that thing blew up fast. Now Doug Peterson comes in there, and look at that, man. So it's just amazing to me how there's so many different ways you can do things. And uh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a proven winner, so happy for him. And I think it's important to mention that Coach Taylor said Jacksonville would win last week, so uh came through with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Tom would like to know, he says, there were a lot of questionable calls uh, on some of these games, especially on Saturday. What do you do as a coach when you feel like the referees are missing vital calls? 
Oh, man, that can be frustrating. I try to always wire myself two things. One, that one that's a hard job, all right? So I got to make sure when I'm going into games, I already know it's a hard job. And then the officials that we're getting at this level, it's not even nowhere close to the, the, the amount of training those NFL guys get. So I have to already go in, I'm not saying negatively, but just knowing that it's a hard job. I'm always trying to be very cordial with the officials in the beginning of the game. And, and you know, I try not to I – don't, well, I, don't really, I don't get on the officials anyway, but I just know it's a tough job. And then I always got to have myself wired and my, our team wired as well. It's never, it should never come down to officiating. It shouldn't. Just like it should never come down to a field goal. All right? It should never come down to, oh, this guy made a missed tackle. That's why we lost. No, it's a, it's a combination of a whole game. So you just got to kind of put some, um, some, some things in place where you know that you know, there's going to be some things that don't go your way. How do you fight through it? You know, but it can be frustrating when, you know, you're not getting any calls or, you know, we, we, there's, we were watching some film this morning. There's a blatant holding call of St. Skull game, the last game of the year. There's a blatant hold and the kid scores a touchdown. I'm sitting there looking at myself like, holy smokes, man, like, how do you miss that call? So it's very frustrating. It's very, but that did not, that one call didn't make, didn't uh, make us lose the St. Skull game. You know, it was a combination of a couple other things, but it can be frustrating. Sure. Our buddy Andre returns and says, this is not meant to be disrespectful to the San Francisco 49ers, but do you think that the Giants or the Cowboys are, are a bigger challenge to the Eagles? Oh, Lord. That's a tough one, Dre. Um, they're both going to be hard. Man. They're both going to pose a different set of problems. They both have a running back. Both quarterbacks are playing really good. And defensively, Cowboys are, you know, defensively, they're going to be hitting on all cylinders, I bet, and then, the Giants defense and the, and the Giants in the, and, and the um, playoffs is going to be really playoff ball, and they're both division. They're both division teams. So that's going to be a very, very interesting man, game when the um, you know because we played the, you know, the, the Eagles play the Giants for Saturday night at seven o'clock. So that's going to be very interesting. So both teams are both opponents to be hard tough. Well, let's get your your playoff predictions here, Coach. So we'll start off with Jacksonville and Kansas City to start out Saturday. Whew. Holy smokes! Well. Like we always say, Rob, this is not a betting site. So this is Rob and I are not trying to get Rob and I are not trying to get sued. So this is just a humble opinion. Um, Jackson, this is so. Here's the thing I like about this is uh, Doug Peterson used to work for Andy Reid. Man, so I'm. It'll be interesting. These two teams know each other. Well, these two head coaches know each other really well. I think it's going to be a close, close game. Um, it's going to be in Kansas City, if I'm not mistaken. So the only reason I'm picking. Ah, you know what? I'm going I'm to go ahead with Jacksonville. We're going to keep rolling with Jacksonville. Let's, let's, let's go with Jacksonville. I'll look at that. Uh, the Giants versus your Eagles on Saturday evening. Um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, just from a, as a true fan, I just I got to go with the Eagles. You know, it's going to be a tough one. The environment should be, <clears throat> the environment should be uh, pretty crazy. I actually saw something right before we jumped on the show that Eli Manning is going to be attending the game. I think he said that he told himself as a player he would never um, who would never visit the uh, Eagles um, game ever again after his last game playing there? But it's, it's funny he's going to go to the game. So that'll be they're going to the Eagles fans will love that and be they'll be rallying them up a little bit. Man. So I got to go with the Eagles. Cincinnati on Buffalo at, on Sunday. Oh, holy smokes, that's going to be a good one. A lot of emotion tied into that game. Obviously, last time those teams met, we know what happened. Ooh, wow, Joe Burrow. Wow, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. Man, I like Allen. Both coaches are good. Wow, this is going to be a good one. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Bengals. 
You know, I'm kind of curious too. How do you do? You think the incident from a few weeks ago impacts these guys during that game at all? I mean, just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, the last I think the last time these two teams faced each other, you know, a, a guy went down with a critical a guy stopped breathing with a critical injury. So I think so. I think yeah, I think it's going to have some kind of bearing on the game. Absolutely, I do. Then Dallas at San Francisco. Mm. How about this, man? This is how about this? This is like 1993, 94, 95, right when I started getting, maybe even 92, 91, when I started getting into football heavy. These were the playoff games that you saw. You know, you saw the Cowboys and the, and the Niners, man. So how how historic is that? And two blue blood um, programs or organizations playing in the playoffs, second round. Man, that's going to be a good one. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Dallas probably has to travel. Gosh, man, Kyle Shanahan is one of the best play callers in the NFL. The kid, the quarterback is hot, that, that backup quarterback, the Mr. Irrelevant, I think his name is Purdy, he's hot. Man, I think, wow, I think I'm going to go with the, with the Niners on this one. I'm, I think I'm going to go with the Niners on that one. Yep. Turning back to college football, Jim would like to know, he says, I have to ask this, Coach, Georgia blew out TCU so badly. I was curious how much of that game you actually watched. <laughs> well, we were it was down. We were at the national coaches convention, so we had about five thousand coaches down there, all kind of watching. So we, I mean, I, me and my buddy, um, we probably watched it for the. We probably watched it right up to the third, the, the middle of the third quarter. And we said, "Man, this thing was over." So, so yeah, man, it was unfortunate. TCU didn't bring, didn't have their best game. They had a good year, but you know, sometimes they're just off. And Georgia's really, really, really good. So. Elizabeth would like to know, she says, I don't know if you can answer this question for me, Coach, but I'm interested in getting into coaching. I just wanted to know if you think it requires as much hours and time to coach other sports as it does for football. Um, um, I would imagine so. The only thing I would say maybe football more so, because we film everything. I don't know, like, it's like a basketball practice you know, gets filmed and then watched by the players. That I don't, I'm, not, I'm not educated enough to know. Or in baseball, do they film and watch it? Or does track and field, um, like I'm looking at a track and field athletes right now throwing, and I see a camera down there, but are they watching it, going back and watching it? I know for us, football-wise, everything that we do out there on a the practice field, we, 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 gotta, we have to take time and watch it and analyze it. So I don't know. I know football, it, football obviously takes up a lot of hours during the season, um, but that's just something you have to work through, I guess. Diane would like to know, what did you love most about going to school when you were younger? Um, I would go to school. I would say just the camaraderie and the relationships with your friends. And I guess every age group is different. I can remember second to fourth grade, and it was really about just, man, just being excited to go to school for recess, you know, or gym class. And as you get a little bit older, fifth, sixth, fifth and sixth grade, it's like, you know, you're starting to learn more about fractions and you know, just the, the, the stuff in the classroom that was, that, or sciences, that which was interesting. And then when you get in the 7th, 8th, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth grade, it's really it's more of a social, social. Um, you know, you're learning some great social skills. And then you get into high school and you're playing ball and, you know, just the camaraderie with your high school buddies. So it's just a lot of different things went in stages of, you know, what was so cool about it. <clears throat> Ray says, in honor of Martin Luther King Day, what do you dream about, Coach? Hmm. Great question. You know what? It's a good one. I mean, I don't want to say, I don't want to sound too generic or too cliche, but it'd be cool if, you know, just in society and us as a people, man, we could just always 
to treat people with respect, how we, how we, how would we want to be treated? If everybody could do that, man, that would be. I think the, the world would be so much of a better place and easier to live in. And and when, when disagreements happen, you can handle them, you know, in a mature way versus you know a set, a set of group, a, a certain group of people not liking a certain group of people because of for whatever reason, politically, religiously, you know, um, all those things. And so just if people just had a little bit more general respect for each other, I think that that's, that's what I would dream for. So. You know, I, I think about the fact of, you know, for three hours every Saturday, you don't like that team on the other side, but you go up after every game and shake hands and tell guys you thought they played well. And so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And our words of wisdom for the week, Coach. Words of wisdom. Here's a, this is a good one. I thought about this right before we jumped on. Um, it's just one that I try to, kind of, I try to live by. Man. So here, here we go. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. <laughs> there you go. That's the words. <laughs> Awesome. Coach Taylor, thanks for joining us this week. All right, Rob. Take care.